Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. So four, eight and 12 hours for the Michelin Endurance Cup, which is the Daytona Rolex 24 hours, the Mobile 1 12 hours of Sebring, Seal at six hours of the Glen, and Motul Petit Le Mans at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Do we have the result? Uh, not officially yet, no, so we better wait for that. But, but unofficially, certainly in, in GTP, uh, the number 01 car was leading at that uh, four hour mark, so that'll get maximum points there. That'll now have a total of 16 points. The Konica Minolta Acura, car number 10, was leading the points coming into this weekend with the penalty to number 60 car from Daytona. Uh, that will score second place points here. So it'll be 18 points now for number 10 car, 16 points for number 01 car, and then third will be the number 31 car on 14 points uh, after the uh, four hour mark in this race. In total, that's total points from Daytona and Sebring thus far. So now we just have a WEC race to go. Eight hours to go, yeah, good point. Fabulous weather. No worries so far. 84 on track, 86 Fahrenheit in the air. That translates to 30 Celsius in the air and 29 on the set, on the track. Nick Yellowley is really struggling that 25 car. He's way off the pace at the moment. He's losing four or five seconds a lap. But, well, probably more than that, actually, to the uh, that pair ahead of him. So 25 car uh, has... Well... Uh, Joe Bradley has the second-place car in the pit lane. That's the number 10, Cunningham and all the accurate. Shea Adam? They are doing fuel only for this car, adjusting tire pressures potentially yes it looks like they are for the left front and the left rear on this conic minolta acura but other than that no new tires going on louis delatraz staying aboard as well just waiting on the fuel for that number 10. that's the sound of the 14 lexus going back up by the way ben bardick had stayed aboard but he did get four new michelin tires and into the pits now is the number 31 this car, which is doing full service, Alexander Sims jumping out, Jack Aitken taking over for his first racing laps around Sebring International Raceway. And I heard you mentioning the 25 struggling out on track. Well, they are on an in-lap. This will be Nick Yellily pitting and handing over to Sheldon Vandalinda. Also into the pit lane, we've got the Corvette. This is Jordan Taylor, who has, following him in, the number 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. Let's see, is there a driver the change lady. at Corvette? Does not look like it. Uh, and no driver change for WeatherTech either. Let me just make sure that that's correct. As first and second and GTD Pro come in, in first and second, yes, no driver change for the Corvette. There is a driver change for the Mercedes. Azul Gunyan, the Andorran driver, is taking over that white Mercedes. It should be the Corvette who leaves first because they were first back into their pit stop. Oh, that's interesting. So that means that must have swapped back again because uh, the WeatherTech car was leading, but they did indeed come into the pit lane with the Corvette in front. The Corvette went past with an incident, didn't they? Uh, out in the racetrack. Right. That's when the Corvette got past him. Okay. Yep. And now the two pit crews working together. It's going to be 
full service for both. Corvette is down and away. And probably four or five seconds in hand for the Corvette, who releases the pit lane speed limiter now. Jordan Taylor, and he has stayed in the pit lane. Shulkinol has jumped in to the 79, as reported by Shea Adam. Highlands ESPN 106.3 FM syndications all around the world and on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels, Sirius XM here in the US. And if you're outside the US, you can access our world feed if your country does not have a network TV deal for IMSA. And in that case, you'll be able to watch live, uninterrupted, free coverage all the way through to the chequered flag tonight. Go to ipsaradio.com, click on the drop-down menu on the top left-hand side of the menu bar, and the first option is live video. Uh, BMW in, that's uh, Nick Yellily, Jack Aiken going out for wheel and engineering in the 31 Cadillac. But Scott Dixon is in the pit lane and headed to Shea Adam. And he'll be staying here because it is Ranger time. Ranger Van de Sanda taking over that 0-1 Cadillac with uh, the bright yellow accents all over it. But for Ranger, no new tires. They oh, are really? just doing fuel and energy, topping off a bit of fluid as well in the left-hand side with a pressurized bottle. But they did give Ranger a windshield tear-off, so clearly they still like him, even if they're not getting him some new Michelin rubber. BMW service is done with the four new tires going on that car, and that car is back out and rolling. And now we wait for the Cadillac to finish getting its energy stores. Ah, oh, so beautiful, so quiet, as it all of a sudden pops back into life and Ranger is set free. Also into the pit lane, the number seven Porsche behind me. They are doing four tires for this Porsche. It was two for the sister car as Michael Christensen is taking over the number seven. And we've got Faf Motorsport into the pits as well. Lawrence Vantor brought the car in. He is staying in the pit lane though. I think that's Patrick Pile's yellow and blue helmet. But I'll be able to tell you in just a second as he powers the Porsche back into life and gets rumbling by me. Yep, that's Patrick. Bye, Patrick. And sticker Michelin's for Patrick Pile. Also, another Porsche pit stop is for the first form. The 16 blue, white and black Porsche. That's just rumbled away the pit lane speed limiter from the from its pit box which is just by our company point actually Zachary Robichon brought it in and as he goes out I'll check to see who it was Michael Christensen by the way behind the wheel of the Porsche Penske motorsport machine now the 16 is on the track let's see if we can pick off who that was behind the wheel there the Blue Porsche. So Zach Robichon has got out of that car. Zachary Robichon. Dan Hillen was in the car before that. It's Ryan Hardwick, of course it is. Ryan Hardwick, who didn't get a fair go of it in uh, FIA WEC, punted off the track by a Cadillac, which rode off the 88 Porsche even into qualifying. 20 minutes past two at Sebring 
international raceway. Joe Bradley and Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Getting a bit toasty down there for those who are clad in protective fire suits. What it's like in the cars. There is an element of cooling within the cars. So I can tell you it will still be very uncomfortable. When you're concentrating, I think you don't notice it so much. It's when you get out of the car, you realize Ben Keating telling us in our mission that counts down to green that he lost uh, 12 pounds, but he can 11,000 calories whilst he was doing his uh, stint in the WEC from the start of the race to about the third distance yesterday. He's in the Corvette. See if we can uh, pop down to Joe Bradley and uh, speak to Zachary Robichon just out of that right car. Uh, Zachary, that earlier puncture really put you guys out of contention, out of the clawback. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it didn't really uh, hurt us too much. You know, a little bit of an off-sequence pit, but I think right now at the four-hour mark, uh, we were running P3, which is good for the Endurance Championship. So. You know, to be completely honest, I think that over a long race like this, a small thing like that is, is nothing to worry about, and, and we're right back in it. And uh, we've, we've seen people not bother with changing tyres. Is that the case with your car? Definitely not. Yeah, we definitely, we, we would definitely like those new tyres whenever we come in. Uh, it's super hot. The track's getting very greasy. So, uh, you know, we'll see once the temperature comes down how the, the, the pecking order sits. Typical Sebring, by the way, of the you know the, the prototypes tripping over the GT cars. Have you stayed out of trouble? I have, for the most seen part. Seen lots. Yeah, I've seen lots of them. Uh, there's lots of aggression out there. It's it's typical Sebring. You know, we have what 54 cars or whatever it is. So it's kind of to be expected. So you know, the race will be won in the last two hours. Shea Adam, I'll just. Uh put this to you. Remind us of all the drive times, please. Yes. We've had a couple of people asking about that, including F and Racing. Very simple. If you're in the pro categories, GTB Pro or GTP, one hour. If you are in LMP2, LMP3 or GTB, three hours. And that's for ev every driver? Every single driver. Yeah. And there is the four hours in any six rule as well, isn't there, that we need to keep an eye on later in the race? Yep. Okay, thank you. Uh, question being asked about has John Potter done his drive time in the 44? I don't think so. He'd have to have been in an awful lot during the early stages. Seven hours and three quarters still to go. The 33 car has been behind the wall and is now back. So that's the 023, the 23, and the 33. That's the Sean Creech Motorsport leash year. Car was a bit dinged up earlier on.
find out why that car had to go back behind the wall in just a moment or two's time. Uh, it, was the, it, was the, it was the electronics, wasn't it? Uh, the dashboard had gone off Joe Bradley and uh, they thought a change of steering wheel might help that. It seemed to have been a bit more complex. Further into the car, it was a, it was a short circuit from the main loom, which they've had to change. It's cost the car about an hour. Uh, you haven't really got a choice there. You can either retire the car or get to work. They chose to get to work. Car back out though. Great stuff. Scott Dixon, a heck of a job you've done leading the race. Basically everything they've asked you to do for Chip Ganassi Racing you've done at Sebring. Has it felt as easy as it looked? Uh, it's never easy. You know, I think we, uh, we had some, some uh, complications out there for sure. And... Uh, so maybe different codes that I heard, heard before, which you know means something I'll have to go and check on later. But um, yeah, you know the pace has been really good. I actually had a big spin out there uh, when I got sandwiched between a P3 car on the wall into 17. He just turned right in on me, uh, so I had to come in early on one of those stops and got another set of tyres. So I haven't really felt the you know uh, some of the dig that I think's come so far. But our car's been really kind on the tyres. I think everybody on the Cadillac side has done a tremendous job so far. So you know, let's we'll keep our head down. And I'll try and stay out of trouble next time I'm in the car. Now, when you say codes, do you mean codes from the pit box trying to tell you secret information or things that you see flashing up on the dash? Yeah, some of them are colored, and I didn't even know it was a, a dash switch that I had. So, you know, it's um, I'm learning every time in this car. They're very complicated, and uh, a lot of things are quite the opposite to maybe what we do on the on the IndyCar side of things. So, you know, uh, it's interesting. It's a lot of fun. And I will say the traffic out there is chaotic, and, and not a lot of drivers have been very kind to each other. So, you know, hopefully everybody makes it through this period of the day and we can race tonight. Great job so far. Thank you. So honest, isn't he? I mean, that's fantastic. I had stuff flashing up on my dashboard. I didn't even know he had the colours for. Into the pit lane for Elio Castro Neves, uh, which is out of the lead. This car cycles to the front of the field, Jeremy, on the pit stop. Cycle, doesn't it, uh, as we go through the routine. Either say it's the first one to pit or the last one to pit, I suppose, depending on which way you look at it. That's the fourth pit stop for this particular Acura. Yeah, 30 laps that last stint in just short of an hour. It was um, 57 minutes for the number 60 car. And uh, as it was on the last sequence, it was the last car to come into pits this time around as well, so did a good uh, energy consumption there in that number 60 car and uh, good pace as well for Elio Castro Neves and fresh air tyres for him. The number 25 car just knows has done its best lap of the race at 150.1. Sheldon van der Linde finally got some fresh tyres on that number 25 BMW but that car is uh, it, it, it is still on the lead lap uh, but the number 24 car is not. That is one lap down and Dane Cameron is uh, about a minute and 23 behind the given number six car, so we're eighth in GTP. You're listening to Ipsa Radio live from trackside Sebring International Raceway, the 71st annual Mobile One, 12 hours of Sebring. Seven hours and 43 minutes still to go. some battles out on the circuit always go down into the GT categories for a bit of interest 
travelling at the sharp end of the field. Corey Lewis in the Total Quartz BMW. This is the Paul Miller Racing Red, White and Black machine. Out to the wall at turn 17. Comes across the line. Leading in GTD with just two, just one pro car ahead. And that is the Risi Competizione. It's number 62, Gabriel Casaglande. Two and a half seconds up the road. Um, we mentioned the Michelin Endurance Challenge, and then uh, I forgot to ask you, Jeremy, to pay off the points there. Um, we do have them officially now from IMSA. What have you got? Yeah, so uh, we, we were right out with, uh, with uh, GTP. Uh, it was first across the line at uh, four hour mark was number zero one car, second was number ten Acura, third was number seven Penske team. So the points now are 18 for number 10 car, 16 for number zero one car, and number 31 car is in further back, has 14 points. In LMP2, it was a TDS racing car number 11 that was out front at the four hour mark, so that scores maximum points, and it's now super tight in LMP2. Uh, that car has 16 points on 15 are the number 35 and the number 04 and number 52 that was uh, it was classified second at the four hour mark and the 52 car was classified second but tied those three cars on 15 points uh, so that is incredibly tight in lmp2 in lmp3 it was andretti autosport number 36 out front at the four hour mark uh, and that takes them to a tally of 16 points. Second position at four hours from number 30, the Junior 3 Racing. That car did not compete at Daytona. Third position was the number 13 AWA car. So the points table right now, Sean Creech Motorsports, which left Daytona with the lead, now has 20 points. That's car number 33 to the 17 of the car number 17 which is the second of the AWA entries, and then Andretti Autosport on 16 points. Thank you, In GTD yes, Pro, out front was the Corvette. Uh, second position was WeatherTech Racing, the Mercedes car number 79, which uh, continues to lead in the Mission uh, Endurance Cup point tables. Off the road there, that number 01 car, was that the race leader just went off the road? It was. Yes, it was. That's the tower turn. And that is a little slip there Rengue by Renger van der Zander. Did wow. not get tyres, though, remember. So he's on a, his first is on a stick old set of tyres, um, which is an interesting call from the Chip Ganassi Cadillac racing team. And he's got 47 seconds on the field. He's just burned... A few of those comes right over to the edge and just locks up the right front. Rally crosses his way back on. Um, no worries about grazing the inside shoulders coming back on over the kerb because he didn't get anywhere near the kerb coming back on. He's off before the start of the blue and white kerbs at the exit of 13. Slides very close to the concrete wall and then came back on much, much later. Ah, I don't think he that, would have lost that, much time there, to be honest. <laughs> it cost him about four seconds. I think. Where, where is and I think most of that it? would have been after that, Jeremy, because yeah. his tyres were so well, dirty. Because actually going through turn 12, he didn't lose anything at all. No. But his apex speed was about the same. It would have got his attention. He wasn't far from that tyre wall, was he? 
Well, and the tyre wall the ends right where he was, yeah. so he's actually looking at unprotected concrete there. Shea Adam down in the pit lane, more strife for which car? Uh, the 21A of course Ferrari, the second of the red Ferrari 296s has just made the hard right hand turn to go back behind the wall. And the 7 Porsche is in, this is much too soon for the 963, they just had a pit stop not very long ago John. Uh, let me see what they jump over the wall to do. Now remember the 6 was the one that was having the dramas earlier on. They do have the fuel nozzle attached. They are looking at the right front tire, pulling on it very uh, intensely. And yes, now the car goes up on the air jacks and they are going to pull that left front tire off. Look in the wheel well. I think something might be broken up there. Unfortunately, I can't get to them right now because there is a TDS racing pit stop that's about to take place between me and them. had a question on Animsa Radio uh, that has come in about how much darkness we'll have tonight. Hello, Catherine Ed from Canada. Uh, the official sunset this evening is 35 minutes past seven. Uh, so 25 minutes before eight actually would have been the best way for me to, uh, to see it. That's, it was it was uh, twilight at eight o'clock last night. And that's the uh, the full the official sunset, should I say? Just after eight o'clock, it'll be absolutely dark. And as far as the moon is concerned, there's not much of it tonight. It's a waning crescent tonight, so only twelve percent of the moon is lit so we're not getting a lot of help from that so thank you for that at IMSA radio Rengar van der Zand is still leading by 44 seconds problems for the car that was leading LMP2 for TDS here Adam there we go it finally refired uh-oh now it turned back off they were having trouble trying to get it to tick over Porsche's back out but the 12 Lexus which is pit boxes right in front of that number seven Penske having issues trying to get into their box. A terrible, terrible stop as a result of them not being able to get the air jack in, uh, doing service out of the box uh, by dint. They've now moved the car. It's halfway into the transition lane for the Lexus. I can't see this not being a penalty for Lexus for doing work out of their box just by the evasive manner that they had to take to get in. Now that car fires back into life and gets rolling once again. But the 11 TDS Orica LMP2, Stephen Thomas is the one who took it over from Michael Jensen. Now they're pulling the tail off. They're going to pull the engine cover off. Oh, this is terrible. Sure. I'll ask you a quick question, which it's a bit... It's a bit naughty because I haven't prepared you for it. Okay. Any changes to the, uh, the minimum foot, uh, full refueling time? No. It's 40 seconds for the GT cars. Uh, I believe it's 31 for the prototypes. Uh, I'm not sure what it is for LMP2, but no, there's been no change to it. Not as far as I'm aware. It, it certainly wasn't a change in the BOP. Another um, penalty, this time for Indy Dodgy's Windward racing car. Failure to adhere to minimum full refueling time. That'll be a drive through. That's got, that's got to be at least the sixth or seventh and Indy has come straight into the pit lane. Meantime, Joe Bradley. Yeah, I'm at the front of the LMP2 class here with the 52 PR1 Matheson car in for a pit stop. Uh, Alex Quinn is the driver that's jumped out. Now remember, 
this is the car that was started by Ben Keating and Ben done an absolutely Ironman stint absolutely Ironman stint however Paul Lipschatan getting into the car we're going to have to spread the energy across the rest of the eight hours that's remaining or just under eight hours remaining for this 52 to actually not wear the drivers out younger drivers Alex let's grab a quick one you've literally just took your helmet off so I appreciate this quick chat everything great sorry yeah, I mean, it's extremely hot out there, but um, we're not perfectly happy with the car, but we're working really hard and uh, doing the best we can, and it seems to be going okay. I mean, uh, I was quite happy with that stim, but just could have done a bit better managing traffic, so got a bit to learn, still new to this, but I'm doing my best, and it will only get better from here. You just mentioned how tough it is. Can you just quantify for us just what that absolute Ironman stint was from Ben? Incredible. Yeah, I mean, compared to Daytona, it's two three four times worse and it's uh but you know that's part of it we're we work hard at home training for it so yeah hopefully it pays off at the end what are you going to tell the engineer now tell me first no we'll just talk about the balance and uh, see what we can do about it yeah, but... for the 11 tds car the drama came in the fact that anytime they tried to knock it in gear the car would stall and turn off they did finally manage to get a hold of it, but the only way that they did that was with three mechanics pushing the car back into life, trying to bump it into gear. That's ultimately what worked. That car did get back out onto the racing surface. Further down the pit lane, we've got a pit stop for the number 63 Lamborghini. Jordan Pepper has gotten out. He's shaking his head, and he just almost laid down in grief on the pit wall. He's handed over to Frank Pereira, who is taking over for, I think, his first stint of the race. But this is not a happy-looking Jordan Pepper. Um, let me wait until this pit stop is clear, camber over the wall, and find out why Jordan is so disconsolate. A moment or two ago, thank you, Shay and Joel. And we saw Miss Colin Brown being passed by the Porsche Penske Motorsport Cup. I think getting a lap back there, Jeremy, was that? Yeah, it wasn't full position. The, the number seven car is a lap down to the race leader. I think the number six car is two laps down. Verify that. No, it isn't. It is, it is just one lap down. Number six car. So there's the number 24 car BMW and the two Porsches, both one lap down to the race leader at the moment. So on the lead lap, which is lap 126, just been completed. Here's a VP racing fuel update. Cadillac Racing and Renger van der Zander, the yellow fronted 01 car. As a minutes lead actually over Louis Delatraz, the Swiss driver in the number 10 Acura ARX, the black and blue car, very shiny. And in third position, Wheel and Engineering's Cadillac is in third position. Yes, having just taken that place from Colin Brown a couple of laps ago. Colin lapping in the 55s. Jack Aiken with a different tyre rotation, a 150 last time around. This is the big differences that we were told to expect from cars running on newer tyres. Fifth and still on the lead lap, Sheldon von der Linde for BMW Team RLL. It's the number 25 car 
Here comes 31 to complete another lap. And then it's Michael Christensen and Dane Cameron behind uh, Marco Vittman. So 24-7 and 6 are 6, 7 and 8. In LMP2, Ed Jones leads for high-class racing. Just a moment or two ago, the bumping and barging, they caught off the 32 car up the inside of the 93 Acura. And it's a nice move. There's a slight touch there. The Lexus right in behind them as well, the number 14 Lexus. And have an opportunity to get through and did get through. But as we were talking about that car, we happen to have a driver with us. And hello to Kent Cook, who we haven't spoken to for a wee while. Are you all right, big fella? Oh, there we go. Now I can talk. Yeah, um, yeah no, it's going all right so far. Um, you know, it, it's, I, I don't want to say it too soon, but it seems like every time we have a camera in a car, at least when I'm on board, we, we don't have uh, good luck. But hopefully, you know, that's, uh, hopefully that, that the luck turns and we, we get some uh, good results here for, uh, for the 12 hour. Now that first pit stop, Kenton, yeah. was that made, uh, was it, was that not an emergency stop? Did you not come in as the caution came out, or did you come in right before it? Uh, we we pitted, and uh, that was before the caution came out. So we oh, were in pit lane. It was perfect timing. Like Sorry. I was rolling down pit lane after we launched out of the box and uh, got the yellow lights on the on the dash there. So yeah. it just ended up being perfect. You were far enough behind everybody else yeah. to get that stop in. Okay, fine. Oh, we got real lucky. We yeah. got real lucky. Got it. Oops. 33 car off the road again. Uh, and what was the what was the condition, the track condition out there early on, Ken? Uh, as far as the track conditions go, there's not too much marbles, not too much pickup um, either. It's it just seems like a hot day at Sebring, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and for the most part, now everyone's kind of behaving. Um, for the most part. For the most part, as we we see the 33. But um, yeah, it's it's been pretty respectful. No one's really racing too hard just yet. Uh, at least everyone that I've been around, we've just been uh, kind of circulating, managing fuel, managing, uh, you know, our strategy. And we, we pitted there to try to put ourselves in an optimal position for that four-hour mark uh, so that we can lead during the four-hour mark for the Endurance Championship. Um, yeah. in, in terms we of didn't time... Get, we did, actually, we didn't get to those points. Oh, yeah, good. To GTD. I'll let you look them up. Yep. Um, as far as tyre as strategy is concerned, uh, um, reduced amount of tyres again from IMSA this year, but you have to double stint. In, in our case, I think we've saved enough uh, tires throughout the weekend that I don't think we're going to have to. Wow. Um, so we should be just putting new tires on uh, pretty much every time. Uh, we scuffed some tires in this morning's warm-up, uh, so for tonight, should be looking pretty good. Uh, and in terms of the, uh, the GTP cars, everybody getting used to the GTP cars. They don't behave in the same way as the DPIs used to. They're a heavier car, they don't have the same handling or dynamic characteristics. Have you noticed that when they're coming by you, do you have to give them more room or they're passing you in different places? I mean, it, it, I think we actually may have touched on this point at Daytona and, and the, it, it, does, it does feel very different, different from uh, where the DPIs were at. Uh, the DPIs just had, a, a, I think they were just a little bit lighter, a little bit smaller. Um, and I think their tire 
um, you know, was was also um, maybe just slightly better for the sake of, you know, there, there wasn't that tire allotment that we had, uh, tire allotment to, you know, issues that, that they had last year. So better tire, lighter, more downforce, maybe similar amounts of downforce. I think it's just lighter. Um, they were able to just roll around the outside of you on like three and five at Daytona. But um, here it's you know, the, the biggest surprise that I've seen is honestly between the LMP2s. Um, with, with this track, you can't really pass in a, in a lot of places, uh, like around the outside, you know, like out, outside of one, outside of 17. Um, you know, most, most of the mechanical grip corners, you're not, you're not getting driven around the outside, even with the DPI days. Uh, but, uh, you know, in, in this case, uh, so th- as far as the, the difference between the GTP cars and the DPIs here is, is less of a difference. Um, they're, they're pretty much passing you in all the same places. But the LMP2s, however, uh, they're a little bit slower, and, you know, they're, they're just not coming up the straightaway as fast as they used to. Uh, Doug Gowick, Kid from the Court of AMG. We have just seen Mark Miller jump into the number 66 gradient NSX, which means Catherine Legg is out and can talk to Joe Bradley. Catherine, the 66 gradient Yakker, it took some damage earlier, and that repair looks like it's costing you performance. Yeah, quite a lot of performance, actually. We've lost a bunch of front right downforce, which is affecting, obviously, high speed mostly, but brake zone and, and a bunch of other stuff. So it's really tough. It's one of the hardest things you have to do is to really dig deep and fight for every tenth when you're, all, you're so far off the pace. And you don't want to get in people's way, but you don't want to give in to them either. It's just, it's like balancing on a tightrope and... Uh, God, I wish we had the car that we, we could have had at the start because then we could go fight these guys. Is there nothing you can do? You know, a long repair maybe even? I mean, you're out of contention now, so there's nothing to lose. We're out of contention now, but I believe we would be further out of contention if we had to stop and change the front end. It's too big of a change. We'd go down too many laps. Right now, we're just fighting for every point that we can get for the rest of the season. So it's good training for Indy now, then, eh? Absolutely. That's the spirit. Thanks, guys. The other NSX has just taken a wild ride coming out of turn number one. The number 93 car off the ground at one stage. Very lucky not to have a, a bigger incident for that bright red machine. Always looks like it has a little smile on its face, though. That 93 accurate sits in uh, ninth position uh, in its class. And it's uh, Danny Formel. Four mile behind the wheel of the Racers Edge Motorsport NSX GT3 uh, from Gradient down to the Iron Dames and Rahel Fry out of the Lamborghini. It's Rahel's first experience of the 12 hours of Sebring, and I just said to her, it doesn't make it any easier having done the eight hour race yesterday. Porsche now to a Lamborghini. Have you found the transition between the two cars simple? Yes, this happened quite uh, naturally. That that's not our struggle. But yeah, I get over. Um, I get uh, yeah, surprised over again by the heat. Um, our our uh, air conditioning in the Lamborghini is just not as as efficient. Um, yeah, so we do not have to have any diet. This is very clear. Um, right now, we just have to survive. We have to have a clean race, and uh, then hopefully we can attack a little more later on. Does it change your strategy? Do, maybe doing single stints for each of the drivers throughout the heat of the day because all of you are tired from yesterday. I'm tired from yesterday too. Yes, clearly we feel a little bit sore, but in the end that's uh, what we want. 
uh, we are quite fit, but uh, nevertheless, you're right, it will uh, influence our strategy. Right now, we definitely go only for single stints, uh, simply due to the heat, and I think that's the way to go for us. This program is an endurance program only, so we're not going to see you again until Watkins Glen, but do you look at the rest of the IMSA calendar and pick out races and think, oh, it'd be a dream to race there? Oh yes, absolutely. Already Daytona, then Sebring, we always have dreamed to come over to race in America. Finally, this year the dream uh, comes through. We are super proud to be here with Tyron Dames. Our big project to uh, spread girl power, women power around uh, around the racetracks. Um, not only as drivers, but in all aspects of our sport. And I think that's very important. So we keep pushing on that side. It's the most important part. Good luck the rest of the way, Rahel. Thank you very much, Ian. Always great to speak to Rahel Fry. Keeping an eye on the times at the front of the field where Rengar van der Sander still has a one-minute lead over Louis Delatraz, the number 10, chasing him down. Not a great lap last time around. The 31 Jack Aiken-driven wheel and engineering Cadillac V-Series are the uh, red and black car, a 51-1, Jeremy, last time around. 51 also, 51-1. For Marco Whitman in the BMW, in fact, both BMWs in the 51s last time around. And Michael Christensen with a 50.8. There's pace out there if yeah. you can get a clear lap. Yeah, and if you've got fresh tyres. The uh, the number 31 car is absolutely flying. I mean, the, the gap from uh, second to third, number 10 car is in second place. That's Louis Delatraz for Konica, uh, Minorca Accurate. Well, that's a big spin, is that? Yeah. Down at turn 17, and that's <laughs> enter, that? enter with the, the, the crowd strike car, the 04 uh, machine ben with Ben Hanley behind the wheel, and he was all locked up even before that bump at turn 17. Ken Cook with us. I, I, well, let me just go back to yeah, what I was on. saying there about the pace of Jack Aitken, because the, from, from Delatraz in second place to Jack Aitken in third, that gap was 24 seconds five laps ago. It's now oh, wow. nine seconds. Well, he's taken another four seconds out of him last time, last time exactly. around. Exactly. He's doing that on a three or four seconds a lap. The other guy who's really struggling is Colin Brown, who's, uh, he, he was only overtaken uh, six laps ago, and he's now 21 seconds behind Jack Aitken. So a massive speed differential there. Yeah, and this, again, is very much dependent with these GTP cars how far through your tyre life you are. I just want to talk about uh, turn 17, Ken Cook with us from the quarter of AMG team, the number 30 car. Um, I swear the bumps move uh, year on year when we come round here. I've never seen so many people have issues just after the initial turn in at turn 17. It's like you turn in and, and gather the car and then turn in again almost. And in that second phase, there seems to be a really nasty bump that unsettles that unsettles the car. Yeah, there's there's a, where there's a essentially there's an asphalt patch just at that first we call it the first apex in turn 17, yes. right? And and there's a, a, the black the black patch and, and the GT3s we're we're flat all the way down until we get to to, to that patch and that's where we're breaking. Um, some cars, you know, like I've driven a, a P3 here in the past and you feel that bump. 
you know, in, in the prototypes. And, and at least in the Mercedes, it's, uh, you know, it rides pretty good. It's a Mercedes. Uh, you know. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would say it rides like a Cadillac, but it would, that would not be right. Um, but uh, it, it, it definitely takes the bumps quite well when, when it comes to that. So we've got that thing working pretty good. But, you know, we've seen, we've seen other GT cars have issues with that. Um, you know, in qualifying, it seemed like maybe one of the Porsches had uh, quite a moment when you, when you get to that, uh, at that uh, asphalt transition um, where you have the concrete runway uh, and then there's the, a black asphalt patch right down uh, near the, uh, the first apex. And that's where that transition occurs. There's just a different uh, differentiation. In. Also at turn one, we've seen yeah. a number of issues at turn one. It's always been a tricky corner. It yeah. seems to me that for, even for the GT cars, if you're half a car, wide turning in you're in real trouble there yeah yeah and it, it's it's more or less like how far you are off that wall because when you when you turn in right at the end of the wall versus uh in, in the wall in, like on the that, right hand yeah, side yeah the, the wall on the wall, right yeah. side yeah the pit wall we, we we turn in right at the end of that so there's not really a whole lot of bumps between uh, the, the end of that wall and the apex but you know, right at the apex, there's a lot of bumps just offline. And if you're not getting your left sides just underneath that white line, well, it's black now, but uh, <laughs> that, that line that uh, shapes around the, the wall, you, you're right into the bumps. So like, you, you feel good when you're like right up against the wall and it's nice and smooth, nice and buttery, but man, if, you, if, you're, if your left sides are just on that line or just outside of it, you're going for a ride. And then, and, and then the bumps at the exit are worse when you're wider. So yeah. it's just, it's a compounding effect. Uh, of of how uh, the, the bumps are here, and you, know, you definitely have to be online at the apex of one. In, in, in on paper, this looks like a relatively easy track, but the nuances of the fact oh my that this there are so many changes yeah. where you sometimes want to be a tiny little bit offline versus the, where you absolutely yeah. can't be. The curbs you can use, the yeah. curbs you can't use. Is this one of the most technical circuits we go to because of that? I absolutely love it for that absolutely love it there's there is so many different asphalt changes concrete asphalt patches of asphalt uh places where they've ground down and then not only that um there's there's just bumps everywhere oh side by side going into turn number 10 for yeah. a battle for position that was no the, contest no contest at all jeremy shaw pointed out how quick jack aiken was catching the Accurate number 10 of Louis Delatraz and Aiken. I mean, that was like cars on two different in two different races. And in a point of fact, Kent, they are uh, at the moment, and that's a change of second position. How important is it for the team to be telling Louis Delatraz at the moment um, that right, this is not your fight right now? We've got to get to to nine o'clock tonight. Yeah, and I, and I think what's going on here is like. I mean, you can see just a massive pace differential, uh, differential between the Cadillac and the Acura right now, and I think that's more or less due to the fact that there's uh, a different tire. So yeah, it looks like uh, potentially the, the the Acura may be on older tires from yeah. what it looks. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, but uh, I, I was looking at that yellow Cadillac uh, of Ranger earlier, and it, it almost looked like he was having brake by wire issues. I don't know um, if uh, that's why he locked up and went off, but. Um, you well, know, explain, that explain that, Ken, because this is this is something new for for IMSA top class prototypes. Yeah. Uh, with the hybrid, it gives you the opportunity to use the electric motors to to slow the car down and put energy back into into the battery, the power store. 
yeah, exactly. So uh, from from what I understand, and, and people may say I'm incorrect, but from the way I understand it and the way people have explained it to me is that, you know, there there are normal brakes on the rear of that uh, on the rear of that axle like there's there are brakes back there but there's there's a, an immense amount of regeneration uh, from the the power unit and uh, hybrid system to regen that uh, power into then you reusable electric uh, drive off the corner um, and and you basically have to tune that to help change your brake bias um, and when you hit the brake pedal the the rear essentially has a, a lot of engine braking but that's that regenerative uh, side of things um, that then pulls power back into uh, the, the battery and then you use that on the exit. And because it's all of the electric power, the hybrid power is only on the rear axle, not like the Toyotas Correct, yeah. and the Ferrari, where it's on the, the front axle in the WEC, you've still got to have friction brakes on yeah. the front. And the balance of those two systems yeah. is the thing that people are still learning about, actually. Yeah, it seems really tricky, to be honest, because it almost seems like every time they hit the brake pedal, they may have just a slightly different brake balance. Um, and if you if you send it into a corner and you just don't have that same amount of engine braking uh, regeneration in, in the rear, you may lock a front and uh, not slow down as well. Uh, what's next uh, for you? How long are you out of the car for now? <laughs> Uh, so next up, uh, so Mike's in right now, Mick will get in, he'll do a double, and then I'll get in and do a double, uh, and we'll, we'll redo that, that whole uh, set again. Mike will get in and Mick will finish. Okay. Good luck out there. Drive yeah. well, drive safely. Ken Cook from the court of uh, 32 AMG. Good to have your company, mate. Well driven. Yeah, thank you. On. Cheers, mate. Good Appreciate to see you. It. See you, Jeremy. Ken Cook. Uh, joining us here in the Global Broadcast Centre. We're coming up to the end of another clock hour. A couple of minutes uh, before 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We'll have seven hours to go in about 13 minutes' time. Thanks for joining us. It's IMSA Radio and IMSA TV live to the world from trackside here at Sebring International Raceway. Some good insight there, Jeremy, from uh, from Kenton yeah. about what's going out there on the track. And this race is proving, as we sort of said it at the beginning, we weren't sure what we we're going to get, what reliability issues, and there have been clearly a few problems out there. But reading this race, very difficult at the moment, which I love yeah. because it's adding a bit of drama, a bit of excitement, a bit of uncertainty all down to how people are looking after their tyres or not, certainly in the GTP category. Yeah, brilliant, isn't it? And you know, who's choosing to use their older tyres when? Yes. Uh, the, you know, with a with, uh, limited number of, of sets of tyres, uh, with a 12-hour a race, they're probably going to be making 13 or 14 pit stops. We've only got, only got 12 fresh sets to, to get them through from yesterday, and they used at least one set yesterday. Oops, there's a big crash. For, is that the oh. number... That's the uh, TDS car. Yeah, one of the two TDS the, cars. That's number 35 car. It's the 35 car, car the red Ouch. one. And that's, that's out of turn 16. This is going to be a safety car. And full course Ten yellow. car ducks into the pits. Wow. That was a stroke of luck. So that was Delatraz diving into the pits before that came out. Uh, let's just keep an eye on what's happening down at turn 16. So the third place car Louis Delatras who was struggling for grip pulls in hits his marks and Shea Adam is there Louis Delatras not staying aboard for any longer 
during this period of the race, at least it's Philippe Albuquerque's time to go and play. Ricky Taylor with a super impressive opening to the race, staying in the car for three hours. Now we've got Louis Delatraz out of the car, and Philippe is going to have a go at this for a little while. They have four new Michelin tires to go on this Acura, already been replaced. I'm waiting on the last little bit of fuel stores. But yes, also into the pit lane, the sister car to TDS, so I can't confirm it was the 35 because the 11 is, well, trying to refire yet again the exact same issue that they had leaving the last time the car bumped into gear turns on that way won't do it the old-fashioned way that's a problem yeah it really is now after that big hit at 16 believe it or not despite the fact that there is debris all over the circuit and some tires that will have to be put back into position the 35 is driving back to the pit lane for TDS, which I find absolutely extraordinary. Now, the Tower Motorsport car was right there. The question will be, was there just a little push? Right front suspension, right front bodywork, all damage right across the front of the cars. It nosed into the right-hand side. And I cannot believe that car is actually driving. It's Francois Herreau behind the wheel of that car. <laughs> And now, John, did the, he get a hit? The left rear of the car was actually off the ground, so he was in two-wheel drive with the left front and the right rear because with the severe damage to the right front, and now the crew saying, no, 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 we got to go back to the garage to try and fix this. That was extraordinary. I have no idea how we managed to find the horsepower to get the, the damage scraping across the bottom back to the pit lane even. Limited slip differential. Uh, thank you very much indeed. That's got him there. They, they're not going to be able to do any kind of uh, work, enough of the kind of work that they need to in the pit lane, but it will drive. So if you can fire it up again, you can drive it behind the wall. Joe Bradley. Just, I just followed up your comment about the uh, the two-wheel drive. Uh, the joys of a limited slip differential, eh? Yes, absolutely. One-wheel drive at the back. Now, this is going to take a bit of cleaning up, and I think we may, may need some heavy machinery. It's not all that long ago that those tyres were actually put on the exit there on driver's right. They aren't, they aren't uh, branded or anything other than just being black, and there's not a, a um, rubber, big rubber band around them. I cannot even imagine what that would have been like if that had gone straight into concrete. I've said this before, it doesn't look particularly technical or flash, but tyre bundles fastened together dissipate energy. That would have been a huge incident, an even more huge incident without them there. So we'll get a pass around going now. That is happening straight away. Renga van der Zander leads from Jack Aiken. Three minutes past three in the afternoon. Under our, is this fourth? Yes. Journey? Yeah, fourth, yes. full course. And it was uh, 2 hours and 25 minutes since we'd gone back to green. And I didn't even see anything. Honestly, it nope. wasn't me this time. Uh, great comeback from Whelan Engineering after their problems earlier on. Good speed and good tactics by the 31 crew, yeah. particularly with Jack Aiken using the best of his tyres to the best effect. So they are back. They were nearly a lap down, let's not forget. Yeah. And had to repair the car with a couple of trips into the pit lane. Then they had a drive-through for um, too much going on for emergency service. So yep. this shows you that the 
the yellow flag of redemption can bring you back from the very edge. So 0-1 Cadillac from 31, Wheel and Engineering Racing Cadillac from Sheldon van der Linde in third position for BMW. So Cadillac, Cadillac, BMW. Still on the lead lap, Colin Brown, even though his pace had been suffering with his tyre strategy. Philippe Albuquerque in the number 10 in fifth position. And then, are both the Porsches off the lead lap now? Yes. Jeremy, so the, Porsche, the Porsches and the, the final BMW, yeah, OK. Michael Christensen, a lap off the lead in sixth position in the number seven Porsche. Then Marco Fitman in eighth for BMW and ninth Dave Cameron. So both the Porsches, the Porsche Penske Motorsport Machines and the BMW M Team RLL 24, one lap off the lead. Opportunity perhaps to get it back here as the leader is in the pits. Just finish off the rundown while he puddles down the pit lane to Shea. It's PR1 Matheson Motorsports number 52 in LMP2 from High Class Racing number 20 from Rickware Racing number 51. That's your top three in LMP2. In LMP3, Andretti Autosport number 36 from Junior 3 Racing, two years there, from the JDC Miller Motorsports decane of uh, Simon van der Helm in the 85 bright yellow car. And in GTD, to the pros that have cycled to the front, Corvette Racing from WeatherTech Racing, three from 79, the Corvette and the Mercedes AMG. Then the first of the Porsches, Patrick Pelier for Faf and Lexus. Sullivan, uh, Vassus Sullivan in the Lexus, excuse me, Ben Barnacut in fourth in the 14, fifth for Daniel Serra, and sixth for Frank Pereira, Reese and Iron Lynx. And last but not least in our VP Racing Fuel in race update, Mike Skeen, Team Kortoff, teammate to Ken Cook, who we've just been talking to, in the 32 car from the 1 BMW of Paul Miller Racing, Brian Sellers back in that car from the 96 of Robbie Foley. Turner Motorsport, then the Aston Martin Hartner Racing number 27, Indy Dunchy for Windward Racing's 57 AMG and the Porsche of Wright Motorsports, that blue number 16, makes up the top six. Shea Adams had the lead. Chip Ganassi Racing does like Ranger Van de Sanda. They have given him finally four new tires, so for the first time in this race, Ranger's going to find out what it's like to have some new Michelin rubber on the car. They also did new tires for the 31 Wayland Engineering Cadillac. It is still Jack Aitken behind the wheel of that one. New tires as well for the 25 BMW, but into the pit lane has come the 60 Meyer Shank Racing Acura. This car with the engine cover off, work going on in the engine bay, and they are doing one new rear tire, two new rear tires only for this car as the engine cover goes back on and they're going to try and not lose a lap. We've got the 04 car, the CrowdStrike car in. I'm just going to monitor this to make sure everything goes well and just check what tires are going on the car. Looks like brand new, brand new set of Michelin tires going on this 04. The CrowdStrike racing car in contention and it's already off. It's already off the Jackson, off and out of the pit lane. Great, great stop. Should we have a look at the uh, the points from uh, from the Michelin Endurance Cup and after, after that four-hour mark, we didn't, didn't get around to the, to the GTD. There's been so much going on. Uh, at the GTD Pro, it was number three Corvette that was out in front 
Uh, he took the lead right to, right before the four-hour mark, that incident, little incident with one of the prototype cars. So that scores maximum points. Second position was the WeatherTech Mercedes car number 79 that led the points coming into this round after Daytona. Third position in GTD Pro was FAF Motorsports car number 9. So the points now reads 22 points for number 79 Mercedes, uh, 18 for the Corvette car number 3, and now dropping down to third position with the Aston Martin car number 23 on 16 points. In GTD, uh, non-pro, it was the, the car that had been placed second after Daytona, the team caught off Motorsports number 32 car, we heard from Kenton Cook a little while ago. Uh, that was out front at the four-hour mark, so maximum points for them, great job for them. No, none of their closest contenders uh, scored any, any more than two points. You get five for being out front, four for second place, three for third, everybody else gets two. But they made up three, point three points over everybody else around them. So they'll have 18 and, points. And, 20. and they had prioritised that, as we heard yeah, indeed. Uh, Kenton say. So yeah. that's exactly what Perfect we were talking job. about in the uh, Michelin uh, countdown to great our portion case of the race. Perfect job having started right at the back of the pack, too. So uh, after that four-hour mark, uh, in total points for the season, the harder way to see kind of 20 points. We've got Sorry, Jeremy, we've got lots of GTD cars in the pit lane, and the first one back out is Madison Snow in the Paul Miller Racing BMW. He has taken over from Ryan Sellers. Then the 57 Windward Racing, followed by the 32 Team Cawthorpe, and 27 Heart of Racing, fuel and tires for them. We've got in GTD Pro Land, the three Corvette, Tommy Milner taking over for Jordan Taylor. So I'll wander down and see if we can have a chat to the native Central Floridian in terms of Turner Motorsports. We've got the 95 in, Bill Arbelin jumping back out and handing over to Chandler Hall once again and the 79 mercedes in for one more stop but i believe that was still jules guignon staying aboard just getting four new michelin tires it's not given that we're going to see it's not given that we're seeing drivers change uh, the 78 lamborghini uh, for instance drivers stayed on board new tires and a full set of uh, well a full tank of fuel but uh, it's not everybody's strategy to change drivers it seems in gtd I love the fact that we've got split strategies going on here, right across all the tra the classes. Coming down to seven hours to go in half a minute's time. Under our fourth safety car period. With yellows out around the circuit. Jeremy Shaw, John Hindorf in the booth. That was a decent run of uh, over two hours of green flag racing 25 minutes yeah and what are we what have we found out we found out that at the front of the field managing your michelin tires in the first stint of your run is absolutely crucial to being able to be consistent in probably the second half to maybe the final third of your uh, second run on the, on them and scott dixon probably doing the best job of anybody we've seen so far his two stints were very consistent indeed jeremy we've seen people drop off three four and five seconds a lap um, who haven't been able to keep the tires underneath them and in fact they've had to come in early some of them yeah that, that that's exactly right uh, and Rick van der Zander in that last stint he was kind of struggling a little bit but uh, he's now i think got a fresh set of tires but the big gainer from this full course caution is a number 10 car that ducked into the pits 
just before the caution came out. They were really lucky to get that opportunity. The two cars behind them on the lead lap, 25 and the number 25, which had just overtaken number six, they did not. So they had to wait, wait for everybody else to come onto the pit lane. It's so number 10 car will cycle through to the, has cycled through into the lead now with the other the other lead cut lap contenders coming in during the caution period. Also because of that, the number seven, 24, and six. So the two Porsches and the second of the BMWs, they stayed out. Now get their lap back and we'll be able to make a pit stop before we go back to green flag racing. So we'll be back to eight cars on the lead lap in ah, GTP. Yeah, absolutely. If it's a couple of tenths of seconds a lap that you're losing, you'll you'll stretch that for your fuel load. But when you're losing three, four, and five seconds a lap, you, you just can't afford to do another five or six laps and lose twenty odd seconds. I, I I think you have to come in and bite the bullet on that. Uh, let's find out what life is like down in GTD. Number one, Paul Miller racing car, changed drivers at its last stop. Madison Snow has taken that car out. Brian Sellers in the pit lane with Joe Bradley. Brian, Paul Miller racing certainly in contention, but there's, there's something you're not happy about. You're a typical racing driver, really, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, I probably shouldn't say anything, but I'm going to because it doesn't really matter anyway. But uh, we, we start to struggle with brakes, to be honest with you. It's a problem that uh, we've, we've had, um, I think, with the M4 since the beginning. And... Um, you know, we have plenty of pad, but the pedal starts to get long and the stopping capabilities get, start to go away. You know, we've had it uh, pretty much every endurance race. So now you start to uh, weigh the options of what you're going to do. You know, what uh, what's the next course? Do you make change um, or do you keep running and hope for the best till the end? But, um, uh, you know, I mean, I think I'm not sure. we we, we got to assess it. it. It's not a great situation. Right. So it's not quite where the driver can adapt it's becoming a little bit sort of dubious yeah i mean you, we can adapt for now now is not the problem right there's still another seven hours remaining so already to be having the problem and to be thinking about it in the back of your mind you, you kind of have to prepare for the end so even if that means we give up something now to get to the end and be in better position i think it's a smarter move so you know but the 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 Realities is it's not something you're prepared for in a 12-hour race. It's something you're prepared for in a 24-hour race. So, um, you know, the guys don't have everything re-equipped, the, the air ratchets, everything needed to do it quickly. So, you know, now it's a Russia, uh, you know, can we get it done? So that's not just a caliper and, and, and rotor change. That's a master cylinder change, isn't it, if it's a long pedal? No, no, it is. It, it would be It would be a caliper and a rotor change, but they're, they're bolt-throughs, so... In, yeah, so it, it's a full caliper change. So it, we can do it quick. I mean, it's it's a fast change for us. I mean, we can do it in under you know under 50 seconds. So it's not the length of the change. It's you know it seems a little bit disheartening that you want to do it in a 12 hour to be honest. So, but I mean, listen, we have a we have a really good group of guys. A really good group of guys that've been together a long time. So um, you know they'll make the right call. Ordinarily, Brian, are the brakes good for 12 hours? With ordinarily, well, I mean. Should be, should be. I mean, um, especially with as many yellows as we've had so far, right? It shouldn't really be a concern. But again, you know, this is relatively um, un unproven car, you know, for us, right? We haven't, we, have, we don't have a lot of time on it, and haven't done many 12-hour races, right? We've done six, a ten, and one twenty-four, where you have to change the brakes. So it's kind of uncharted territory, right? And I think 
you know, right now you just don't know. It could go. It could not change again from where it is right now, um, or it could degrade even more towards the end. Um, we just have to make a decision, right? I think we we we're in contention, like you said. I mean, I think that um, one of the reasons we're in contention is I think we've seen mis- some mistakes from some of the other cars. Um, which is beneficial to us at the moment, but those guys aren't going to make mistakes all race. You know, you see a lot of pace from the Mercedes. Uh, the Porsches look like they're starting to get strong kind of uh, towards the middle of the day here as their heavy hitters come in. Um, so, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it unfolds for us. Yeah, that doesn't sound... It's not going to get better, is it, Jeremy? That That's unfortunate for Paul Miller Racing and that BMW. Just... Uh, keeping an eye out there for the LMP2 leader thought he had a problem out on the circuit this is number 52 car we're talking about Paul Lubchatin for PR1 Matheson Motorsport in the wins livery car I've got a feeling that uh, slowed, he slowed right down but uh, we thought he had a problem maybe went for a wave by that he wasn't wasn't uh, allowed for. We'll discuss that in a moment. Let's go down and pick up another interview. Shea Adam has Jordan Taylor. And Jordan, I feel like the gauntlet was thrown by the sister team yesterday, getting the W at Sebring International Raceway. You did it the last time we were here, though, for a 12-hour. You feel like this C8R is still competitive enough to get you guys to the top step? I think so. I mean, we seem to be more in the hunt than we were at this point in the race last year. Uh, last year, we looked at kind of the data of it, and we pretty much just stayed out of trouble and had a flawless race. We didn't have the fastest car, so we seem to be have a little bit more speed in the car this year, so it's the same name of the game, especially with how hot it is now. It's just staying out of trouble. You see everyone making mistakes, so we just have to limit that at this point. We got caught out by that yellow early, which kind of sent us to the back, so the guys did a great job in the stops to kind of jump us back ahead, and then yeah, we're not even halfway, but it feels like we've already done 24 hours. Yeah, but you guys are racing your way back to the front, too. That's the cool bit. It's really good competition with you and the Mercedes in particular. Were you enjoying those battles? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was kind of happy to let them go at one point. Uh, they seemed to, like they wanted to lead the race, and then we just kind of sat behind and saved a bit of fuel, and then we were close to the four-hour mark, which is points for the Endurance Championship, so the guy said, okay, try fight him again, and thankfully he tried to hold up a prototype in one corner, and it pushed him wide and I was able to get a run. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of ebbs and flows always here at Seaburg in the traffic. Seems like the GTPs struggle a lot on old tires. Like, so I even passed a BMW when he went by me, so I think it's going to be the same trend the whole race, just trying to stay out of trouble and kind of get to the nighttime when the track improves. I know that Joe's got something down at the other end, but I need to ask you first about this being preparation for what's coming next weekend for you. Got the call up by Hendrix Motorsport. That's a huge honor. What's it going to be like to racing at Circuit of the Americas and something completely different? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying all week I wish I had more time to prepare for it. Obviously, this is my full-time job here. Uh, so, yeah, I'll focus on Sebring, and then we stay in Sebring to test through Tuesday. So there's not a whole lot of time to spend with Hendrick, but I was up there on Tuesday last week or this week uh, doing a seat and then I'll fly up Wednesday, do some more time and fly to code on Thursday and, and drive the car for the first time. But yeah, it's a huge opportunity, unfortunate situation with Chase being injured, but uh, a huge honor to be asked to kind of fill his shoes and uh, yeah, I'm hoping to make the most of it and you know do as much preparation as I can. So when we do get to code, I can kind of hit the ground running and you know put on a good show for everybody. You're certainly doing that here today. Good job so far. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Well, you mentioned earlier, John, uh, well, a few moments ago, that the potential problem with the 52. I saw the team burst into life just before we went full course caution. 
and uh, the, the full course caution kind of has delayed whatever it is the issue that it has the car's just arrived the crew's been ready for it let's see what is actually going to go on all i can see from where i am which is right on the car is fueling going in we've had a drink bottle changed we've had the windscreen cleaned but no addressing any kind of issue this was the leader in class remember so he'll drop down the order but he will leave the pit lane with a full tank of fuel so from what i can hear and from what you can hear from my microphone the car it doesn't have a problem it's back out they haven't run that out of fuel have they dare you to ask joe no because because just before the the full course caution I, there was some of the winds livery overall the mechanics came running from Canada's a smoking area outside the pit lane came running in and sort of you know high alert and then just then we went to full course caution with that that car into the tires um so whatever the issue was i might get, try to uh, get someone to answer a question uh, stand by i'll come back to you the car is has dropped down to third in class without losing a lap though jeremy on the class leader which is now rick ware racing and devon devon de francesco and hanley is in the crowd strike racing or four in second so it's an odd one we shall find yeah. out and what's also odd is in gtd all of a sudden the gtd broke pro cars are shown a lap ahead of the gtds i'm not quite sure whether that's a scoring glitch just for the moment i think it might be actually uh, well i'm, I'm yeah. sure alan metney on the same uh, laps uh, as right. tommy milner exactly and everybody else in gtd are lapped down so that's not right uh, something something's funky is going on there so we'll have to wait for that scoring to sort itself out before the pit stops uh, we had uh, we had three GT, gtd pro cars out front it was number three number 79 and then number nine then next up was number 32 gtt regular car then the 14 pro car then number 62 pro car and then the number one which was a uh, paul miller racing uh, and then on from there was 96 27 57 16 and on down from there but all of a sudden there's something funky going on i don't really understand what that might be because everybody every came in together so got me on that one sure uh, has had the word from the team on the 52 wins car that they didn't think they had a problem um, so not sure well it must have been just then that he, he was he must have had that illegal wave around and he was just dropping back into line to make sure he didn't get penalized for uh, yeah it. maybe they don't, don't want to admit that in fairness that yeah. perhaps uh, I could understand yeah, I, think, that. I think if you give it up and, and, and you know, don't I think, I think so you don't profit is. by it. Yeah, yeah. Which you haven't done. Um, what do the Aussies call it? Redress. Redress. Um, looking at the radar at uh, just after 20 minutes past three, Eastern Daylight Time. Pretty Porsche's clear. coming in for a splash again. Presumably number six car that was uh, in after getting its lap back just a couple of laps ago. So, so it's ninth stop, I think, in this race. Some heavy rain up by St. Augustine and Gainesville, but nothing coming our way for the time being. Offshore at Miami, some showers as well. But the good news is that uh, everything is clear at the moment. It was uh, fairly 
awful weather forecast uh, when we got here last week. Pleased to say that that hasn't come to pass. So let's have a quick rundown on one of our VP Racing Fuel in-race updates. We'll start in GTD Pro where Corvette Racing lead WeatherTech Racing and Iron Lynx in behind the safety car. So all together, 4-3 and 79. Corvette, Mercedes and Lamborghini. Fourth different manufacturing, fourth for recent competition. The bright red number 62 Ferrari. Fifth different manufacturer in five is the Porsche 911 GT3R. This is the new 992 car, only its second outing in IMSA competition. It's the number nine of FAF Motorsport, the Plaid driveway car. In sixth position, another different manufacturer, RCF GT3 for Vassa Sullivan, the uh, black and yellow, sort of Bumblebee car. That's the 14. And the seventh different manufacturer in the top seven is the BMW M4 GT3 of Turner Motorsport, Chandler Hull. So seven cars in GTD Pro, all of the lead laps, seven different manufacturers. Yeah, no, that, that, but some, yeah, yes, but there's something messed up there because the number 91 car is shown a lap ahead of all the other GTD cars. I just don't think that can possibly be right. I think, I think there's a whole bunch of non-pro cars have somehow got... Um, Lost a lap somewhere. Yeah. Or did they not, did some no, people I think, not I think pit? they all came in pretty much, didn't they? Uh, I can't yeah, remember. No, I think they pretty much everybody came in. So, I don't know, something strange has happened. Uh, well, but I can, I'll, I'll right. give it what it is on the tr timing and scoring. Yes. And we'll wait to see if it resets. Uh, so, Alan Metney is shown as the leader of GTD uh, on the same lap as all of the pros at the moment. Uh, that's Kelly Moss with Riley's number 91, the dark rear car. Then Paul Miller Racing BMW, the number one. Third for Mercedes, this is in GTD, that is at Winwood Racing, the number 57, Acura NSX, next up for Danny Formel on the Racers Edge Motorsport 93, then another Mercedes, Nicky Grenier, the 32 Courtoff car, the dark grey machine, then Heart of Racing, Aston Martin in sixth, second Aston Martin in seventh is Andy Lally in the 44 Magnus car. As we're about to go back to Green Flag, the Triassi car, by the way, back into the pit after its problem with the alternator pulley earlier on. Let's go back to Green Flag racing. Side by side, going into turn one, the battle for the lead, Philippe Albuquerque. And Renger van der Zander was side by side. Albuquerque comes out on the other side in the lead. The blue car ahead of the yellow car with the red car in third. Means it's Acura, Cadillac, Cadillac, then the BMW. Second of the Acuras is Colin Brown. Best of the Porsches in sixth is Michael Christensen ahead of Marco Whitman. They're all back on the lead lap, remember, these leading eight GTPs down towards the braking area at turn seven. Huge crowd on hand here if you are just joining us. Coming up to half seven in the UK, half eight in Europe. If you've been out all day, it's been an enthralling race so far. And it's all coming back together at the front of the field. With LMP2, the battle's continuing as well. That's led by Devlin D. Francesco in the number 
51, Rick Ware Racing, Orica. But the battle at the moment is over the far side of the circuit, so a little bit quiet here as we come off the safety car period. It'll get louder as they come back down the Ullman straight towards us. Still six and three quarter hours to go. BMW's weaving back and forth, trying to clean up or heat up the tyres. Sheldon van der Linde in the 25. So here we go. The, we've, Colin Brown has not had a good start. Good restart. Where's he gone in the number 60? He's dropped way to the back and drops down to fifth position. So it's Albuquerque, Van der Zander, Aitken, Acura Cadillac, Cadillac, Sheldon van der Linde, then the Acura, then Michael Christensen for Porsche, Dan Cameron for Porsche, and Mark Whitman. So some changes there as they came through. the serpentine run out of turn seven the hairpin As the rest of the field sweeps through the right hander at turn six a few clouds just gathering in the distance but I checked the radar a moment or two oh more than emergency service in a closed pit this is the once again the 35 and we've called that car's number an awful lot today and they're going to have to take another stop and hold and that's a 60 second penalty that's going to drop that car a very very long way they'll lose they might lose a lap there so that will have to be served in the next three laps to TDS racing cars. Not the best position of the two, in fairness. It's had its problems earlier on. Its team car has not been running under the radar either as far as race control. They've had a couple of penalties as well, including one for leaving with the equipment attached. They've managed to get themselves back up in sixth position. And as Fjordback's just been through the pit lane as well, Oh, now somebody's getting a huge penalty here. Improper final wave by a stop plus four or four. And we haven't got a car number on that yet. So somebody, it's always punitive. Oh, uh, so this is the 90, what, this is the 90, two car it says now I, I was no 91 91 car so they've taken an improper wave by and that's how they got the lap up on the rest of the field on the, the rest of the arm field sorry Jeremy go ahead yeah it still doesn't explain how the rest of the GTD field lost the lap to the pro cars I, I don't understand that at all so he, because they were they were kind of in the middle. I mean, yes, 
there were mainly GCD Pro cars at the front, but there were several other non-Pro cars intermingled. I mean, number 32 car was fourth in that line behind the three GCD Pro cars. Going to need to hand Alan Metney uh, a light novella for him to read a couple of chapters whilst he's sitting there for four minutes and four seconds. That is always a multiple of lap time around here. So that will vary track to track depending on what advantage you have gained from taking that wave by. At the front of the field, Albuquerque by three quarters of a second to Cadillac's Van der Zander. He has three quarters of a second, almost exactly the same gap to the 31 car. 10, 0, 1 and 31. That's your race order at the moment. Sights and sounds of Sebring for Zero One tracking Philippe Albuquerque, the gold front end on that Cadillac, hoving into view from the rear view mirror of Philippe Albuquerque for the Conicum and Alta Acura ARX. This is Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport 2, the giants in American automotive. The auto racing. Jack Aitken has done a cracking job. And now that car does have both front headlamps on the 31. It was one eyed right, then one eyed left, and now it's both eyes. Both eyes straight ahead, and that yeah. car has been absolutely flying through this race. So uh, he's going to be patient, I'm sure, right now, is Jack Aitken. But he, he's. Uh, the, the two Cadillacs are kind of stalking. That Acura is out in front now as a result of the fact it made that pit stop, its latest pit stop, right before that caution period came out. So it had already made its stop when everybody else packed up behind the safety car. Then when they all came into the pits, it jumped all the way through to the front, and that's why that number 10 car leads right now. We have to see what sort of pace that car has. 151, 1.51.0 for the race leader last time around. Inception, McLaren, number 70, tracking in behind uh, Lexus, trying to find a way through. Down the Ullman Strait, hello McLaren fans, it says on the dashboard there. That's Frederick Shandoff with Parker Thompson ahead of him. Parker Thompson, winner of the... Porsche Carrera Cup North America last year. Very nearly didn't have a drive at all. He was recategorized in the FIA rankings over the winter, which lost him his full season drive in this championship. He successfully appealed, but by then that drive had moved on to someone else. Was offered and accepted the long distance races for Lexus to move away from staying with Porsche. 
real drama in the off-season, just as much as there is on the track at race weekends, certainly in Parker's case, what should have been a really good time for him after he'd won the championship, thought he had his drive for this season tied up, and then to have to scramble to find a secondary drive after dealing with the appeals process for his driving ranking. Worked out well, though, a great opportunity with this fastest Solomon Lexus team. Oh, yes. Which is a, uh, a really good team, and he's got that car now into the very ninth right now, but that major shuffling that went out as a result of that full course caution. So Alan Metney has now left the pits and falls to 16th in GTD, and I reckon he's actually dropped off the lead lap oh, yeah. of, of GTD, has he? Yeah, I think he will have done, Joey. Yeah, he'll be a lap down now. He was a lap ahead, and I think he'll be now a lap down to everybody else. Lamborghini on Lexus at turn 17, the 63, making up a position. was uh, Frank Pereira, I think, just going through, now defending. Oh, the Lexus comes back up the inside. Lots of moving around in the braking zone by the Lamborghini driver. Not sure that is going to be received well. Now the inception McLaren sitting behind that battle. It's number 70. So down into the braking area, this time tracking to the right-hand side. Two mid-engine cars battling it out through to turn number 10. Under slightly more cloudy skies here. That was a lot of movement. Oh, that's not. That is right on, right on the edge of being. In fact, I, I, I think that's too many moves, and I think they were two bigger moves, all the way to the left-hand side of the track to defend. Now you've got to stay there at that point, and as the Lexus sweeps back, the Lamborghini goes right back in front of the Lexus, and still the Lexus slides down the inside. It's good driving from the the Lexus, but I think that's overly defensive yeah. driving from Frank Pereira. Yeah. Jack Hawksworth finding his way through eventually, but Frank in the green, 63. Now three white, two Lexus with the fat Porsche, the driveway machine right in the middle. Down into 17, here comes the Inception McLaren round the outside of Pereira as well. Great battling from these GTT cars. Yeah, I, I can't quite understand how the number 63 car got itself up into contention there because it, it, uh, it hasn't been anywhere like that uh, all the way through this race. Something really weird happened during that. There must have been a wave by of the GTD Pro cars. Yeah. That's the only thing I it can is. think of. It is. And even then, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. It's, it's weird. Yeah, good lap, but, uh, uh, well, two laps ago now by Philip Albuquerque, set 
his car's fastest lap at the race, our race leader, car number 10, 49.494. That's that car's best lap, as I say, in this race. We've got, um, we've got only, we've had only one car in the 48s. That's Renga van der Zander's car. Uh, it was Sebastian Bourdais that set lap, that lap back on lap 24. We now completed lap 151. Just rejoining us, and not many of you are. Uh, tweet here from F. Amphasand Racing. Stepped out for a second. What happened to the 52? It was crawling around under the safety car and dropped back, and took an age to get back into the pit. Did its pit stop? Went back out. Team says no problem, but clearly something went awry there to go from first to restarting I think fourth in class, third in class maybe, and it's lost another position or two since then. Keeping an eye on the lap times of the number 52, it's Paul Loup Chatan at the wheel. Another big lot up from a Porsche at turn 10, this time it's the number seven, GTP Michael Christensen, with smoke pouring from underneath the tyres of his car, he's torturing the Michelins. And again, I wonder if that is a brake-by-wire issue. As a whole slew of GT cars goes through. And Frank Pereira did overstep, as we thought. It's going to be a drive-through for Iron Links number 63, the green Lamborghini. Meantime, the number 91. Alan Beckham served his four minutes stop and hold. He's come straight back in to the pits and changed to Kai Van Berlo, who had a big crash in that car on the bumps and turn 17 earlier in the week. A bit of work for Kelly Moss and Riley to put that car, but it was done before midnight that same day. Nice move down at turn number seven and that's the battle for the lead yeah. for a moment it went to the gold front of the Cadillac but Philippe Albuquerque fighting back through traffic now coming up to the Risi Competizione Ferrari he dives down the inside through turn 12 and now into 13 tower wow. corner this is fantastic yeah, it is really intense I isn't love that, this Jeremy when yeah. you've got two really good drivers who are battling through traffic yeah and uh, uh, Michael Christensen had a problem number seven car on that last lap yeah he ran were. straight on a turn 10 yeah, did fine. see that and, yeah. and, lost, and, and as a result of that he lost a couple of positions but number 24 car Marco Vittman um, he's, he's, he's up to speed now I'm whether he maybe did change tyres at that last stop because he seems to be struggling or had been struggling slipping back down into turn 17 the Corvette has the two leaders coming down the inside that's the leader in GTD Pro being passed by the two GTP first and second place machines now onto the front straight and there's a bit of breathing space for Philippe Albuquerque no doubt in my mind Jeremy that the Acura in a straight line anytime when they are not breaking in fact they are very very fast and to be able to drag past that car on the Ullman straight is, is asking rather a lot. But they are not as assured through 
the medium and quicker corners. Here comes an opportunity for Renger van der Zander as that Acura was held up, getting onto the throttle, coming down to turn number seven to the right-hand side for the golden grey, 0-1. And in behind them, Jack Aiken is right with them in the wheel and car now, top three together, heading through Collingham. Collier and Cunningham. Oh, this is intense, absolutely fantastic. This is what we were hoping for when we saw the new regulations, when we heard about convergence, yet to see any hypercars come to IMSA. But this is Acura versus Cadillac with BMW just uh, 2.6 seconds away from this battle. Number 10, Conic Menol with a blue and black car back onto the Ullman straight with a bit of breathing space and will stretch that gap this time. There's headlights flashing in the background as Jack Aiken had been held up and that's allowed Sheldon von der Linde in the BMW M-Team RLL M-Hybrid V8. That's the number 25 car. He's closed up a little bit, then the Porsche. Diving through, Dan Cameron, the leader in GTD Pro. Through turn 17, riding the, brunt, the bumps. Right to the wall on driver's left. This is all good stuff at the front end of the field. Brown has just been overtaken by uh, number 66 car of Dane Cameron, so the Porsche are up on position at the expense of Colin Brown. Again, like he was in the last stint, really struggling, it seems. Colin actually didn't change tyres at the last, during his last pit stop, because I presume he didn't for the one before. That's why he was turning some very mediocre lapses, unless there's some sort of a problem with that number 60 car. only on the last stop for that car. For which car? The car you've just mentioned, the 6-0. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Frank Pereira then continues to drop down. Patrick Pele has gone through his there. I, I don't think he's done his drive-through yet either. He'll have to come in this time around, I think. Got cycled through ahead of some cars they've not been battling with. He's still not coming this time around. Meanwhile, the GTD, a lap down to the to pro cars, it is Indodontia who leads away from Windward Racing. Did come back for that team. About just about a second or so over Michael Grenier. And the other Mercedes, or the team quarter of Mercedes, kind of 32. Then a pair of Aston Martins. Uh, Roman DeAndrus is right behind Grenier in third position. That's kind of 27. And Andy Lally in fourth for Magnus Racing. So it's a good laps as well. It, it is so dependent, Jeremy, on where people are on the tyres. Yeah. It's, it's extraordinary. 
Now here comes from Pereira, finally for his drive through. Did not have the pace on the restart, so maybe he's pushing tyres as well, but decided to weave around rather too much in that 63 Iron Links green car. Has been pinged for it. It is just a drive through as the Huracan winks menacingly with its front lights left to right to left to right. Back out of the pit lane now, back on the throttle and accelerating away through turn one. And you best lap of the race for Philip Albuquerque again, second time in the last five laps, 149.174 now for the race leader. Ten minutes before four o'clock in the afternoon. It is the 71st running of the Mobile 112 Hours of Sebring. Alan Metney right in the mix there as he's a lap down in the number 91 car. Actually, he's changed drivers. It's Kai from Berlo now, isn't it? Who's in that car? The issue being that we've got GT fast GTD cars coming through the pro field, but of course they're all a lap down now, so it's making the timing and scoring look neat and tidy, but it's a bit more messy out on the track. <laughs> Albuquerque, a second to the good now, but only a second from Van der Zander, 10 from 01, from 31, one and a half seconds further back. Dane Cameron just set the best lap time of the race thus far on lap 156 for car number six, running in the fifth position. Made that pass on, uh, on uh, Colin Brown a few laps ago, and then with the mistake also for his, his uh, Porsche teammate Michael Christensen. Cameron now up into fifth position. Yeah, still a second away, in fact, 1.2 seconds away from the best lap put in by the 01 Cadillac, Jeremy. 48.7 is the best GTP lap of the race. Yeah. Still just that one car into the 48 second bracket yeah. in this race. That is the uh, Sebastian Bourdais who set that time. Uh, the uh, lowest 49 is, is uh, Jack Aitken in turn of 49.077 in car 33. And then a 49.1 just a couple of laps ago for the Albuquerque, our race leader at the moment. Tower prototype in amongst the battle, battling BMWs and other GTD cars. It's the number eight. Scott McLaughlin behind the wheel of that car. He's got Paul Loup Chatan 2.4 seconds behind him in the recovering PR1 Matheson Motorsport. The team adamant there was nothing wrong, but that car crawled around for nearly a full lap and lost its position as the safety car had come out. It did fire up and run straight away. Time the zero one leading car into the next uh, second place car rather staring at the back of the number 10 with clear track ahead through turn number 10 the right hander sweeps into the left left again keep your foot in keep your foot in 
through the little right kink at 12, at 12 into turn 13, tower turn. A light overcast, nothing too threatening. It'll bring the track temperature down a wee bit. It's come down to 31 Celsius on track. That's 88 Fahrenheit. Air temperature staying around about the 30 Celsius, 86 Fahrenheit mark. Hasn't changed. The humidity is going up a little bit. No wind to talk about. Sunset at 7.35 tonight. It'll be dark by just after 8. Really dark. Yeah, so the last really couple of hours of the race in full dark. Another good lap there again from Philip Albuquerque. A 49.6 last time. Also, Jack Aitken, 49.4 in that number 31 Cadillac in third position. Right on the tail of Randy Van der Zander. Colin Brown trying to bridge the gap. 3.6 seconds to Dean Cameron. GTP's all managed to get back on the lead lap at that last full course caution. The AO Rexy Porsche. Being put to the sword by Cameron. He picks his way around quite easily. Down towards turn seven now. Over the bumps, turning in right-handed. Still some times coming in, Jeremy, even in the front of the field. If there's a bit of gap out there. Find some space, you'll find some pace. Yeah. Very true. Just got a new fastest lap in LMP2, fastest race lap uh, by Ben Hanley. A 151.114 for the crowd straight by by APR. Entry and he's, he's got about 16 seconds out ahead of uh, Scotty McLaughlin, who is running in the second place and still under pressure from Paul Neuchatin in the number 52 wins PR1 Matheson race for his car. had uh, a note we were talking about no hypercars in IMSA yet hypercar is a category as well as a class it's a partial regulation as well as a class it's very confusing and I, it's one of the only things that I don't agree with with this convergence the ACO call the whole of the top class hypercars and their version of that top class is hypercar H or just hypercar whereas the top class in IMSA is called GTP and the cars that run within that category is LMDH are LMDH and LMDH are also eligible for the hypercar category right what? you got that yeah so when I said there's no hypercars in IMSA shorthand for saying there's no ACO hypercars in IMSA which is why I oh. I keep making the distinction between GTPs and hypercars 
I accept that GTP is a class and LMDH are the cars at the moment within that class that is movable between IMSA and WEC. At the moment, there are no hypercars in GTP or the LMDH. Did that make any sense at all? Sorry. Yesterday, in the WEC race, we had three different categories of car running in the hypercar class. We had LMDH, what we're watching here at the front of the field. We had non-hybrid hypercars, i.e. just hypercar, being the Glickenhaus and the Bicollers Run prototype. And we had hypercar hybrids, which are all the manufacturing cars, Toyota, Ferrari, Peugeot. Now, if we could just stick that on a floor chart on a T-shirt and everybody wears them when you're at the track, everything will be fine. Just look at the, the back of the pack of cars in, in GTP. Marco Bittman is uh, falling back from the number seven car of Michael Christensen as a rate over a second a lap, one, one, between a second and a second and a half a lap. Uh, Michael Christensen, by the same token, is slipping back from Colin Brown by the better part of a second a lap as well. So they are now 28 seconds behind the race leader for Christensen, 39 seconds back from the leader. That's Marco Wittmann. We've got, what, 15 laps we've been going since the green flag. About two seconds a lap for those two compared to race leading Acura at the moment. Down to turn one, flex box, Aston Martin with the Corvette right behind it. The Corvette still the leading GTD car. And this is allowing the 79 Jules Goudon driven WeatherTech Racing Mercedes to close in. The Aston will try and stay on the lead lap, of course. And towards turn seven, very evenly matched. Meantime, the battle for second position. Renga van der Zander with Jack Aitken all over his rear aerofoil coming out of four, five, and now into six. Sweeping around a GTD battle that includes one of the Lexus. And there was a touch there a few moments ago before that battle really got underway with the GTD car. Yeah, number 92 car, I think that was, uh, it was uh, having to take evasive action there to avoid any contact. Did a really good job to do so because the the uh, Cadillac was all locked up, wasn't it? It's tight. Well, it, you know. Question from Kevin Hamilton about restarts. After the safety car lights go out, are cars permitted to overtake to get back onto the tail of their class? I'm sure as six Porsche past a lot of people cars coming down the back straight just prior to the restart as it pitted at the start of that lap it would have now you've got you could pass as soon as the green flag comes out and you can reset if there is a class split which might have been going on but that should have been finished by the time the safety car lights went out 
GT, that's a GTP car, which is exclusively LMDH at the moment here in this category, to be absolutely clear. Coming up to four o'clock, we're live from Sebring. This is IMSA Radio. Half distance, just over 10 minutes away as another clump of cars goes across the line. Colin Brown has to zig and zag right then left to go through the GT cars as he's trying to hold on to his position. Races edge, Acura number 93, the red car. As the seal master, Lexus Park Thompson, 10th position in class, right on his tailpipes as well. Battle for ninth and tenth, and he goes down the inside, tries to make the move. In fact, he's moved out of the way there as one of the prototypes came through. And Parker Thompson has to give up a position, he'll be annoyed about that. It was the 92 Porsche that was right there, so loses a bit of real estate. And Porsche and laps down, but making its way back through the field. Races edge machine. Concentrating on the Michelin Endurance Cup. Right in behind the inception, number 70. That's 8th, 9th, 10th and 11th. There's a Ferrari in there as well, not too far back. It's the number 10. Leader goes through turn one, more traffic, puts a lap on the 27 partner racing. Aston Martin will head to the pit lane for Shea Adam. With Roman Grosjean. Roman, you did Daytona. You got a little taste of what IMS is like, but do you, have you ever experienced anything as crazy as Sebring? Uh, Sebring is definitely something pretty uh, pretty unique. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to share that experience with Lamborghini. Sadly, we, uh, we're not as fast as we would like. Uh, but we try everything we can on our hand to uh, give it a go. So it's still six hours to go, a lot can happen, especially in Sebring. So hopefully uh, maybe some rain, who knows. You're getting to enjoy a lot of racetracks that you don't get on the IndyCar scheduled by doing the endurance program, Watkins Glen coming up and then Road Atlanta. Are you looking forward to those races as well? Yeah, I, I really enjoy this coming a lot of races in the, in the US. Uh, as we are doing Daytona and Sebring in particular, Watkins Glen, they all Really cool track, really historical track, so it's good that I get the chance to do both. Enjoy the bumps for the rest of the race. Thank you. Well done, Grosjean. Still, Philippe Albuquerque just easing away from Renga van der Zander, who can't really make a break yeah. from Jack Aiken, but Aiken can't get into a position to challenge Jeremy. No, that's really interesting, isn't it? Uh, Philip Albuquerque is really working the traffic beautifully over the course of the last three or four laps. He was under pretty intense pressure, despite the fact he'd set that car's uh, fastest laps of the race on on uh, two separate occasions, and several other times he came close to matching it as well. So he's setting a really fast pace out front, uh, but now, and now finally that's beginning to pay some dividends. The last few laps he's pulled away 
uh, now got nearly five seconds over Renga van der Zander. Again, another 49 there for our race leader, uh, Philip Albuquerque. Uh, the, the, the last stint with the, uh, the zero one car out in front, uh, that was Renga van der Zander driving then. He was doing 52s and 53s for the majority of that stint. Now Albuquerque's doing 49s on a pretty regular basis and certainly 50s other than that. So the pace has really been upped since the halfway point in this race. No further points at this two-hour mark. We've got to go to the eight-hour mark before we get more for the Michelin Endurance Cup. So just reset our Porsche keys to the race. The tyres, this has been the one as we've got one, two, three, four prototypes feeding down into turn one and just about following them through from Pereira just having to lift off and keep out the way in the green. 63 Lamborghini. playing nicely at least for the moment it's more than half of this race to go and that is the lead in LMP2 battle that we see going down to turn number seven as Renga van der Zander just reset the outright fastest lap of the race with a 48-3 Meantime, Scott McLaughlin. McLaughlin with Paul Luke Shannon right on his tail. Barely a tenth of a second between them as they go by the fault racing Porsche. They're into turn 13, heading to the sweepers that lead to the Le Mans right hander under the Ulman Strait. So quick to through here in a downforce car. Oh, great exit from turn 16 by Scott McLaughlin as he puts another prototype between himself and Paul Loup Chatin. That car, whatever was wrong with that car, the team aren't, they aren't admitting to it, but they've cleared it up because that car has fought its way through, dropped out of fifth position in class as McLaughlin goes to the pit. So this is out of the lead of LMP2 for the Tower Motorsport number eight. And Shea Adam is in the pit lane. And I can see the headlights flashing as they come down the pit lane and the pit board is waving. They do have new tires up on the wall for Scotty Mack, but it won't be Scotty Mack staying aboard. That looks like Kiffin Susan's slender figurehead is now installing itself behind the wheel of that number eight tower motorsport Orica. So new tires and new driver for the former LMP2 leader. While meanwhile, a little bit further up towards pit out, we are waiting the stop for both of the BMWs, the 24 and the 25. 24 will be getting a driver change. Augusto Farfis taking over with new tires. New tires for the 25, but I do not see a helmeted replacement driver anywhere on the wall. And meanwhile, the 31, Action Express. This is the Whalen Engineering car. They have jumped up onto the wall as well. These tires, they have stripes across them. They have been cleaned off once before. Uh, let me 
actually. Just come up a little bit closer and take a sneaky look. Ah, no, they have stripes on them. They're new from the factory. Ooh, nice new rubber going on to the 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac and Hippo Durrani. Ah, uh, didn't have the best of runs earlier on trying to double stint a set of tyres that they'd qualified on and I'm not sure that really worked for them but they're back into it now just a moment or two ago down at turn one oh problem for the zero one Cadillac almost looked like the car lifted it was a lift off from Renga van der Zander just after we crossed the line as Have the Porsche number seven into the pit, pit lane. Shit, Adam. Matty Campbell is taking over this car, and he is also getting four new Michelin tires. I did double check with the team, by the way. It's just something within the mold. So the weird stripes that I was seeing on the Michelin tires that will go on to the Whalen Engineering Cadillac, that is, in fact, a brand new set of tires. It just looks as if someone has taken the heat gun to it when you look from further away and scraped off all the old bits of rubber to try and make it new again. That's not the case. They are indeed new. There we go. There's Matt Campbell back out into the race, and we wait for the service to be completed for the 24 BMW. And everybody else is starting to react, although I'm not seeing movement yet from the Acura pit wall as far as Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti is concerned. Shea Adam in the pit lane. Oh, we've opened uh, We've kicked the Hornets' nest here with the LMH. LMHH. HC. Uh, I always said it was uh, it was daft to have a class that was called hypercar and cars within that class called LMH standing for Le Mans hypercar, which is also LMH H for the hybrids and just LMH for the non-hybrids. That's exactly how it was shown yesterday on the WEC timing screens that we have here in the Global Broadcast Centre. Class was shown as HC for hypercar. Cars within that class, either hybrid or non-hybrid. LMH standing for Le Mans hypercar, with a dash for the hybrid cars. That's so. That's all of the LMDHs running the GTP class here, the top class here, the ACO version. So what happened to the 01 LMDH GTP car as he went across the line? Well, just was, a lift-off, was it? Yeah, was that a strategic call by uh, Cadillac? Uh, yeah. Because... Uh, uh, they're in di different parts of their strategy, Jeremy. But they're not the same team. They're not, but they are pretty much running as one. I mean, they're, they're parked together, all the, the engineers are working together. It's a very close collaboration. Yes, they are run by separate organisations, but it's a really, really close collaboration between those two organisations. And I, I just wonder whether the uh, number 31 car was allowed to go through there and see if he can make any inroads into the lead of Phil Albuquerque. We didn't on that last lap, because Albuquerque was a, about a tenth of a second quicker. This is a really good pace. In fact, all of the top six cars on that last lap uh, were in the 50s within about two tenths of a second of each other. We are at half distance here at Sebring for the 71st running of the Mobile One, 12 hours, six hours into this classic. <laughs> 